0: Dr. Michael Youssef tackles leadership in the home. Next, on Leading the Way Audio.
1: Godly leadership is a man who speaks with spiritual authority. And don't confuse spiritual authority with being authority on spiritual things. Two are not the same. Spiritual authority reveals something about the inner life of the godly man. Spiritual authority reveals the character of God as it is reflected and worked out and perfected in the life of the husband.
0: What it means to be a husband in today's culture has both subtly and drastically changed through the years. But God's view of manhood and the authority and responsibility given to men to lead their families as husbands and as fathers has endured time. Hello, and welcome to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Stand by for words directed to men, offering biblical challenges to deepen and to energize that special relationship between husbands and wives. And wives, don't tune out. There's some practical content right here for you as well. So let's all listen as Dr. Michael Youssef begins today's Leading the Way audio. There are
1: hundreds of battles right out there in the world that are being waged right now in the field of conflicting ideas regarding husbands and wives and homes. There are myriads of views and philosophies that are bombarding us in the media and they all are struggling To capture our attention, they all are struggling to gain our allegiance. And I believe that in a time like this, that we are to go to the most assuring place. We are to go to the source of comfort for answers. That is, the infallible, inspired, inerrant Word of God. Now, I'm fully aware that there are some, perhaps many, in the mainline churches today who would see the biblical view of marriage, the biblical view of the role of a husband to his wife and a wife to her husband, to be outmoded, to be obsolete, to be old-fashioned, to be offensive, to be in opposition to progress and cultural consensus. Every word I mentioned comes from somewhere. I did not make it up. Yet in my estimation, our biggest problems begin when we depart from the revealed mind of God in the words of the Scripture. Our troubles begin when we depart from the revealed mind of God as we have it in His Word, and the sooner we understand and obey what God has to say to us, even in this conflicting society, if we understand and obey the role of the husband and wife in the Word of God, the greater I believe our peace will be, the greater our harmony will be, So I begin where the Scripture begins. And the Word of God said that God created humanity. But when He created humanity, as you read on in Genesis, in the expounded edition, in the next two chapters, you find that God created the man first. Hadamah. He made Adam out of the dust of the earth. And He breathed upon him and He created him in His own image. That is to say that He created him with an ability to relate to Almighty God. A gift that has not been given to any of the species that God created. But then there's more. God gave Adam certain commands and certain responsibilities. He gave him certain instructions. All of this before He created the woman. And it is clear that Adam was able to communicate to his wife what God told him. For you notice, if you read on, that when the evil one tries to persuade Eve to disobey God and ignore His command, Eve recites to the evil one verbatim exactly what God told her husband. Now the evil one, Went to the woman first, in order to create dissatisfaction in her role. In order to create confusion as regard to their role. For Adam was given the responsibility of leadership. He was given leadership responsibility in the garden. He was asked to name all the animals. He was in charge of the garden. God created a helpmate for him. A woman, a woman over whom he is to spread his wings of love and protection. A woman over whom he is to support and to nourish and to take care of and to cherish. A woman over whom Adam is to express a loving, tender relationship. But where was Adam when his wife fell? Have you asked yourself that question? Where was he when Eve was tempted? Why didn't Adam exercise his God-given responsibility of leadership? What responsibility did he take when finally God confronted him with his sin? None, it would appear. Instead of leading, Adam was following. But even more devastating than this, he wouldn't admit that the buck stops with him. Adam abdicated his leadership responsibility. He blamed God for giving him the wife. It's the only time that God said, it is not good, when Adam was alone. Everything in creation was great. And God said it was good, it was good, it was good. With Adam, when he was alone, he said, that is not good. And therefore, he gave him a gift, a gift of a woman. But Adam abdicated his responsibility. He blamed God for giving him that gift. Instead of correcting his wife, instead of leading his wife into repentance, he found a sorry excuse. Instead of saying, Honey, you remember what I told you God said? He said, let's try and see what it's like. And from creation on, There isn't a happy marriage anywhere where the husband abdicates his role of headship and leadership. I am yet to see one happy marriage where the husband is not exercising his headship in the home. I am yet to see a happy marriage when the husband hides or shrinks from his responsibility as the priest of his house. For God created man to be the overall decision maker at the home, to be the head of the home, to be the priest of the home. And when the chips were down, God held Adam accountable. The New Testament writers held Adam accountable. Romans 5.12, Paul said, Therefore as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all because all sin." Now, this is not based upon a supposition that we should absolve Eve from her sin. She too has sinned, and therefore she too received the judgment of God. But God made Adam to be the head of the Adam family. God made Adam to lead his family. Not to follow. And God does not ask men to lead their homes, to lead their households to exercise spiritual responsibility, to exercise moral decision making without giving them the wisdom to do it. I believe that with all my heart. You see, when sin entered into the world, the roles were reversed. When sin entered into the world, man abdicated his responsibility. Well, some of you are saying, okay, what kind of leadership are you talking about? I have to tell you honestly that this particular subject has been misunderstood for years, generations, for too long, I believe. And society, like all societies, always swing from one extreme to the next. That's what the way societies react. In the past, men have mistreated their wives. They have treated them as second-class citizens. And men have interpreted leadership to mean dictatorship. And now we have swung to the other extreme. In modern day, men abdicated their God-given responsibilities. But let me tell you something. Hear me right. Biblical headship in the home is innocent of both those extremes. Godly headship of the husband in the home results from the working of God in a man's life. A godly husband leads his wives not by giving authoritative utterances, but by leading by what he is. Not who he is, by what he is. You see, authority for the sake of authority may disclose an unreasonable, insecure husband Who has to dominate in order to bolster his own ego but godly leadership is a man who speaks with spiritual authority and don't confuse spiritual authority with being authority on spiritual things two are not the same spiritual authority reveals something about the inner life of the godly man spiritual authority reveals the character of god as it is reflected and worked out and perfected in the life of the husband. And that is why Genesis 2.24 makes a statement that was repeated both by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Apostle Paul. He said, therefore a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife and they become one flesh. It is the man, you notice, who leaves and cleaves. He is the one who shoulders double responsibility and that's why the scripture said that in some mysterious way that in some way that is beyond our comprehension a husband's relationship to his wife a husband's headship of his wife in the home depicts Christ's relationship to the believers to the church don't ask me to explain it it's a mystery amen i know you're listening <laughs> God bless you for putting up with me. This is a solemn business. This is an incredible responsibility. And God knows I do not speak as a perfect husband. But I can tell you what the Word of God said. If you turn with me to Ephesians 5.25, this very famous passage, and the following verses, you will see exactly exactly the responsibility that God put upon the husbands in the home. The Scripture said a husband is to love his wife. He is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. One of you will ask, I said, wait a minute, is it the same quality of love? Yes. That's a scary assignment. It is. I think for too long we've taken marriage very lightly. But somehow God equipped men to live up to this calling. The calling of the headship in the home. How does Christ love the church? Well, look at the following verses. He gives himself up for her. God's love is all sacrificing. Not a tinge of selfishness. Not A thought of me first. Not a word about being fulfilled first. Not a word about being tired of giving. Not a word about if it doesn't work out, we can get a divorce. His love for the church is constant. It is willful love. It is determined love. His love for her is not dependent upon her feeling. It is not dependent upon her mood. It is a constant love. His love for her is nourishing, is cherishing, is sustaining. But there's another thing about this Ephesians passage. Instructing husbands and wives. You will find in this passage none of the ifies. It doesn't say that if he loves you this way... You submit. It doesn't say if you submit, then love her as Christ loved the church. might say, now wait a minute, this is a tall order. I know it is. Can any husband live up to this? There's only one way in which this tall order can be fulfilled. It is through obedience to God and to His Word. Now, amen belongs here. I want to hear the men say amen. amen. Thank you. For I believe it is obedience that undergirds the very structure of the marriage. You see, the lines of authority all worked out from the day of creation. From the very pages of the Scripture, and they run straight through the Scripture. I don't understand how we can stumble over them. The husband is responsible to God, not to his wife. And the wife is responsible in the Lord to her husband. This is God's standards, that man's. This is God's design, not society's. And when we obey it, we find fulfillment. When we obey it, the result is oneness, is peace, it's harmony, it is serenity. But when we get it out of kilter, here begins our trouble. The one final instruction in the Word of God that I want to share with you, the husbands. is found in 1 Peter chapter 3 along with some good wisdom for wives as well. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Live considerately with your wives, bestowing honor on them as the weaker sex, since you are joint heirs of the grace of life, in order that your prayers might not be hindered. You know what? I read that verse I don't know how many times. And in that one verse... There is enough practical wisdom to fill a counseling manual. Understanding and obeying this verse alone can make all the difference in a marriage. It gives a definition of what love is. Here's what the dictionary said. The dictionary defines the word considerate as being observant of the feeling of others showing thoughtfulness and kindness being considerate doesn't mean that you will do all your wife's work i'm not saying that or is going to say like modern society said reverse your roles i'm not saying that i'm not saying become her helpmate no but it means that you husbands will be sensitive to her needs of being appreciated Of being sensitive to her need to be understood. To being sensitive to her need for affection. It means that you will have a high degree of empathy about what her life is like. It means that you will not belittle her. And you will not take her for granted. And that you will not abuse her. It means that you will act in honor toward her. You're going to act in honor toward her well-being as a person. The gift of God that God has given you. Why is Peter saying that men ought to do this? Because husbands and wives together, he said, are heirs of grace. Together. Because of Christ's death, both together have received A joint inheritance. Not one piece here and one piece there. A joint inheritance. You share it together because you both are one. This leaves no room for selfishly grabbing for one's share of life's goodies. Because God's kind of inheritance to the husband and wife are bound together in one inheritance in oneness package of the grace of life. Can you imagine life without grace? Without that special God-like touch? See, grace is bound in the character of God. The God who wants and does want to enrich us. A God who does not deal with us according to our deservings. And Peter saying, joint lives of the grace of life is that grace that comes to us because Jesus chooses to grace our homes with his presence. He is full of grace and truth. When he is made truly the head of the home, his character infects us. His life-giving spirit produces love, joy, peace. Husband must be considerate to their wives. Why? Listen to what he said in that verse. He said, lest your prayers be hindered. God doesn't promise to answer the prayer of the disobedient. God doesn't promise to answer the prayer of the unjust. God doesn't promise to answer the prayer of the thoughtless. God doesn't promise to answer the prayer of the unfaithful. For it is only when the husband obeys God that the home goes the right way. And now the Holy Spirit is dealing with us. And the Holy Spirit wants to heal. Wants to mend. Never rift or divide. It's called the spirit of unity. The spirit of God wants to unite. And the Holy Spirit probably is doing work in your life right now. Will you let him? Maybe convicting you of sin. Maybe convicting you of unfaithfulness. Maybe convicting you of just taking your spouse for granted. Lord Jesus... Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you don't give up on us so easily. Help us not to give up on each other. Lord Jesus Christ, heal the wounds. Bind the brokenhearted. Strengthen the fainthearted. Give courage to men to stand up and take the responsibility of being the priests of their home, the nourishers and the cherishers of their wives. Give us courage. Give us wisdom.
0: This is Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Did today's message challenge you to stand up, to accept the role of priest in your home with a new passion? Then listen again. Or encourage a friend to listen by going to ltw.org. Click on that Listen link right there near the top of the page. That's where you'll be able to stream content. Download and listen on the Leading the Way app. Plus, link to the podcast on iHeart, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and other platforms. Also, you can learn about using smart home technologies. It is all there for you at ltw.org. Hey, while you're there, make sure that you look at all of the details about how you can order Dr. Youssef's brand new book, How to Read the Bible. As you read, you'll experience a radical shift in the way you approach both God and His Word.
1: Do you read the Bible as if your life depends on it? Well, you should. In Dr. Michael Youssef's book, How to Read the Bible, He reveals how the Bible guides you through life with faith and power. You'll understand that from the first pages of Genesis, all the way through the last words of Revelation, God is pointing you toward the Lord who saves completely and eternally. In a day when so many preachers are saying that we need to ditch the Old Testament, we need to give up the Old Testament, I'm going to show you in this new book, How to Read the Bible, that the two, all the New Testament, are interrelated. You cannot have one without the other. One does not make sense without the other. And so I hope you're going to read that book, and you're going to apply it to your life. It will strengthen your faith and your trust in the Word of God. Learn how to get your copy of Dr. Yusuf's book, How to Read the Bible, today when you visit ltw.org. ltw.org.
0: Again, the title, How to Read the Bible. And here's the number to speak to a ministry representative about how to get your copy or copies. 866-626-4356. That's 866-626-4356. And the website, ltw.org. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef.